You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. So we move now from everybody gets to play to everybody gets to pray. Uh, We have been, uh, over the Advent season, uh, looking at uh, Scripture uh, that helps us, gives us inspired vocabulary for praying, for, uh, for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. Uh, and today we're going to not so much look at specific uh, words and prayers from people, like we've looked at the prayer of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, prayers of, of, of Zechariah, who uh, experienced childbirth in a, in a very, very late season of life. Uh, instead, today we're going to look at some prayer practices that hopefully will help us and maybe motivate us and give us some ideas and inspiration uh, for engaging in prayer in the upcoming year. Uh, We're going to be looking at two people who encountered the infant Jesus, and we're going to look and see how their routines and their rhythms of of spiritual habits uh, provide for us some really important lessons. We're going to be looking at the lessons uh, from Simeon and Anna. Uh, they are great examples of people who model for us the importance of prioritizing prayer and other spiritual practices in order to grow closer to God and to experience his comforting presence. Now, their story is found in Luke chapter 2. It's a lengthy passage that I want to read uh, to you this morning because it does provide us a lot of framework, a lot of background. Uh, So let's take a look at that. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. We'll start there. Again, uh, some prayer lessons from Simeon and Anna. Now, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There is also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, 
Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all whom were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Would you pray with me? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for uh, your Spirit-breathed word to us. We thank you for the model of Simeon and Anna. And Holy Spirit, we invite you this morning to speak to our own, our own hearts, to prompt us maybe about uh, patterns or rhythms or routines that, that they gave themselves to, that you are maybe calling us to give ourselves to. Lord, we love you and we thank you uh, for all that you have done in us, with us, through us in 2023. And Lord, our prayer is for your more in 2024. Lord, come, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot here to unpack, uh, and I'm not going to go into everything, but I, I want to say that as we consider some of the prayer practices, I do believe that the Holy Spirit is going to prompt some very specific things maybe for each of us this morning that he might be calling us to lean into uh, in the upcoming year, because there's a lot that's going on here with Simeon and with Anna. And so um, I just want to encourage you to be open to that. Um, uh, and one of the things that we want to recognize is the fact that, um, you know, prioritizing prayer and other spiritual practices, it does, uh, it's a, it's a means by which we are able to draw closer to God, but not only to draw closer to God, but to experience his presence and also to be an instrument of his presence, his comforting presence uh, to others as well. So let's start it with Simeon. Let's start with Simeon. It says, in, uh, Luke tells us in verse 25 that there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. That's a lot. That's a big description uh, that Luke gives us for this man named Simeon. Uh, this was not merely the result of you know, his righteousness and his devotion, him being a devout man. This was not just about Simeon showing up at the temple all the time and following Jewish laws and rituals. He was a man who loved God, and he longed for the fulfillment of God's kingdom as foretold by the Jewish prophets in the Old Testament. Now, this waiting in prayer, this waiting in worship, uh, it, it consisted of spiritual practices that became habits, that became routines uh, for Simeon. Uh, and I, I want to take this opportunity on this last day of 2023, as, as many of us are reflecting on uh, how things went last year and things that we want to see happen in the year ahead, I, I want to encourage you to consider the role of, of spiritual disciplines. Uh, Celebration of Discipline is a book that I've mentioned to you many, many times before. It is my favorite book on the, the subject of spiritual practices and the kind of heart that we should bring to the subject of, of spiritual disciplines. Um, it's written by Richard Foster, and he reminds us that our inner righteousness, it is a gift from God. It is not something that we make happen. It is not something that, that we can produce. It is a gift 
of God that needs to be graciously received. And, and the needed change within all of us so that we can be righteous and devout, this is God's work. This is not my work or your work. This is God's work in us. And uh, I, I love where Foster writes in, in, in Celebration of Discipline that God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life as a means of receiving his grace. This is not something for us to work at, to engage our wills and to dig in and make happen. This is a surrender to the grace of God by giving ourselves to routines. Uh, and, and it's about cooperating with the work of God. The spiritual disciplines, whether they're prayer, worship, scripture reading, meditation, fasting, and, and, and so many others, they help position us where God can then come in and do his work within us and transform us, making us righteous, making us devout. In his book, Foster reminds us that by themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing, and I will attest to that as someone who uh, has tendencies to, to, you know, to get it done, and therefore I'm going to do these things. I'm going to will to make these happen, and I do it, and I'm looking to my strength and my energy and my efforts to bring about the righteousness of God. And guess what? It doesn't work apart from itself. But in that posture, as I regularly practice them, I place myself, I put myself in a posture where God can come, where his grace can flow. I, I, I plant myself as a seed in his ground where he brings growth, where he brings fruit in my, lives, in my life so I can live blessed just as Simeon did. And we can, we can be people who are able to experience the righteousness of God and people that God looks at and said, that is a devout child of mine. Also in verse 25, it says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. This waiting. You know, consolation is not a word that we use a lot in our common uh, vernacular, but it's that idea of, of, of a, a desire for comfort in the wake of loss or disappointment. And you got to recognize that when this story is going on, when Simeon and Anna are encountering the infant Jesus and Mary and Joseph there in the temple, that, that the, the Israelites are under Roman oppression. They are they're experiencing much oppression. And Simeon was waiting along with the rest of, of the Jews for God to fulfill his promises about a savior, a promised Messiah who would not only come to save Israel, but would come uh, to save the whole world through the one that would come through the, the, the line of Israel, the line of the, the Jewish lineage. God would save the whole world through this Messiah, through this savior. Now the word that Luke uses here for waiting could be easily translated to ready to receive to oneself or an eagerness to welcome. Now, when I think of waiting, that's not what I think about, all right? When you wait in line, uh, have many of you are get frustrated when you wait in line at the grocery store? I am still no better in picking the right line to get in. 
That's one of the things that I, I, I got no better in in 2023 uh, than in previous years, picking the right line in terms of the checkout to get through the quickest. And so uh, that season of waiting, as I'm waiting, it's more of a drudgery, an excruciating endurance rather than an active anticipation. And that's the word that that, that, that Simeon is really, uh, that Luke uses here in terms of, uh, of Simeon. And, and I would say this, as you get ready to end 2023 and turn the page of your calendar over to this new year, what are you actively anticipating God to do in your life in the upcoming year? Have you taken the time to think about it? Have you taken the time to talk to God about it? I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to, to take the time to, to, to ask him and, and, and also to ask him to help you move from a posture of excruciating endurance to one of, of, of active anticipation where there's longing, where there's desire, where there's anticipation for what God might do knowing that he is loving and that he is good and that he is kind. I believe that, that Simeon was able to wait for this consolation, this promised Messiah specifically, uh, because the Holy Spirit was on him. Luke tells us that, that the Holy Spirit was on him. And this prompts me to remind myself and to remind all of you uh, that we need to pray to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit and not just for the sake of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but so that we can be attentive to the Holy Spirit's revelation, to his prompting, to his ongoing guidance in our lives. Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. And this is really significant because this is more than 30 years before the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all the church. Up until that time, there would be different times and different singular instances where the Holy Spirit came upon a person in the Old Testament, prophets and kings and different artisans. Uh, and, and we see of different times in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit would come upon a, a particular person for a particular moment or a particular event. But we see here that the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. The Holy Spirit showed Simeon things. He showed him things. And, and it's interesting, the name Simeon is actually derived from a word that means to hear intelligently. To hear intelligently. And let's put it this way, guys. There are so many messages being sent to all of us every day. Uh, our, our minds are flooded with all kinds of messages, and we need the Holy Spirit to help us, like Simeon, hear intelligently, with discernment, so that we can know, God, this is your voice, and this voice is the voice of Reese, or this voice is the voice of the world, or the kingdom of darkness, that we would be able to discern and know, God, what is your voice versus what is my voice or a voice from a, a broken source. Simeon is someone who made the time and the space to deliberately tune in and hear and, and watch for the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, And then as he discerned the guidance of the Holy Spirit, what did he do? He stepped out in faith and he responded in obedience to what the Holy Spirit was leading him and guiding him to do. And I would challenge some of you this morning to maybe reflect on 2023 and your instances of hearing from the Holy Spirit. How active did that happen for you in 2023? Did you ask, first and foremost, God what he was doing and to give you guidance and leadership? And then when you asked him and and you maybe discerned that he was telling you something or leading you, did you actually follow through in obedience to what the Holy Spirit had, had, had taken, had shown you. Because I've seen in my own life, when I, when I start noticing that maybe God's not speaking to me as much as he used to, from my perception, from my perspective, that if I do some really honest uh, examination, I find that maybe the reason he maybe is not as active in speaking things to me and leading me and guiding me is because I'm not responding in obedience to what he is showing me. So why, why does he waste his, his voice? And, and, and I would say that for all of us as well. Let, let us be people uh, that follow Simeon's example. He, he tuned in. He listened intelligently to, to what the Holy Spirit was saying. Um, and, and then he responded in obedience to what the Holy Spirit led him and guided him to do. Uh, let us be people who do that. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our lives. Tune our ears to your voice so that we can experience more of you in the new year. So pray for more of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and like Simeon, pray to fully embrace And gratefully receive all that God has for you in the new year, especially when it may be not what you expected or not what you prayed for. What if we stopped asking God to help us escape from our uncomfortable situations and instead asked him to help us more fully receive all that he had for us in that moment or in that circumstance? Think about it. Um, there are things, God, God is at work at all times. He is at work at all times. And I think sometimes I, I, I know I miss some of the things that God wants to do because I'm so just, uh, just fixated on getting out of an unpleasant or uncomfortable situation that I actually miss. And I may, I may even get in the way of the work that God wants to do in that moment. Simeon and all of Israel, they were waiting for a savior, a conquering king. And and in walks in the temple, a poor young couple with an infant baby. And the reason we know they're poor uh, is because of the specific sacrifices that they brought, which were the ones prescribed to those who did not have a lot of economic resources. And this is just a reminder for all of us that God invites all of us, no matter what our economic situation is, to to honor him uh, with our gifts and in our worship and giving. And it's important to remember that. Uh, But they come, and and they're this young couple of, of no great acclaim. They're coming in with an infant when Simeon and all of Israel had been praying for 
a, a powerful Messiah or a conquering king. But I love the fact that uh, Simeon did something, and he has the distinction of being the only person in the Bible uh, who we were explicitly told that held the Christ child in his arms. He embraced, he embraced Jesus. He embraced, he embraced the, the answer to his prayer, the full answer. Maybe it wasn't fully what he visualized or anticipated or expected, but he embraced it. And I want to challenge myself and I challenge you this morning to be ready to receive fully and to embrace all that God has for you and for me and for us this year, 2024. To, to ask and discern. We've got, you know, we've got a lot that we're contending with. We have uh, uh, an election, a presidential election, a general election this year that's already brought its uh, tremendous turmoil already for this current year. And we're only anticipating things to get crazier in the year ahead, in the months ahead. So um, that's just one factor of many. And we all have our own personal issues that we are contending with, that we are dealing with. But God, help me, form me, shape me to fully embrace, to readily receive all that you have for me this year and help me to be tuned in to how you are wanting to work in me and through me. And no matter what the year ahead brings, I love also the fact that Simeon chooses to bless the Lord and to bless others. Our, our, our call to worship this morning was just that, that we, we come to bless your name. Let that be a lifestyle for us, okay? Let that be something that we always, that we wake every day doing. Like the psalmist on many occasions said, I will bless the Lord. His praise will continually be on my mouth. We want to be people looking for opportunities to bless God in our worship and also to bless others with spirit-inspired words of encouragement. Simeon breaks out in worship to God as he's holding Jesus in adoration to the Father and to the Son. And he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Your salvation is in this infant that I am holding in my hands, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. He is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Yes, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. A blessing to God the Father, a prayer of adoration to God the Son. And in both personal settings and in our church family, uh, we want to be people who are, that are, we're doing that. We will bless the Lord at all times, that his praise will continually be on our mouths, that we would wake Every morning, whether it's a day that we're looking forward to and anticipating or a day that we're dreading, that in whether either, either scenario, we can be people that say, God, I choose to bless you and I choose to bless your name for what you have done, for what you're doing, for what you will do, for who you are. I bless your name. Let us be the people of worship that God has called us to do, to be. And also to recognize the fact that uh, not only is Simeon blessing God, he's also blessing others, Mary and Joseph in Jesus' name. Um, Simeon did this. He had, um, you know, we recognize the fact that Mary and Joseph, there's, there's so much going on. We, we have the, the luxury 
of reading this, you know, hundreds and thousands of years later. And yet we, we want to acknowledge the fact that these people were human. They were real. There's been a lot of crazy going on in their lives. And there still continues to be a lot of crazy, unexplained, very uncomfortable things happening in their lives. And they get a confirmation here, but a lot of questioning. And then a confirmation here. And then some cool things happening. But then a lot of uncomfortable things. And then a confirmation here. And that's what happens here with with Simeon. He, He blesses them in the midst of their confusion and their unsettledness. And, and he says words of, of, of comfort. He says words of confirmation. And he also says, says words of challenge to them. He was operating in the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, a gift of prophecy, if you will. And I remind you, as a church, we believe, we practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We follow the way of love, and we eagerly desire them. And I want to challenge you in this new year, let us be people who are eagerly desiring to bless God and to bless others in his name. Uh, Remember the criteria for this, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. There's a really simple little exercise I want to to, uh, offer to you. It's called ICNU, okay? Can you remember that little acronym? It's not even an acronym. It's just a, 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 just a simple reminder uh, of, of asking the Holy Spirit to show us what he sees in maybe a family member. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's someone in our small group. Maybe it's a, a complete, total stranger. But that we would ask the Holy Spirit to prompt us with words that would strengthen, that would encourage, that would, encomfort, that would comfort them. Words that reflect how our Heavenly Father sees someone. And then choose in naturally supernatural ways, not something weird and off-putting, but just to offer that to them. Say, hey, you know, the other day I, I was thinking about you, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I, I was just praying, and I felt like the Lord said this about you and and just wanted to encourage you in this. Because let's face it, could our world use some encouragement? Could our world use some words that actually bring strength and comfort? And guess who God has placed here at this time to do just that? You're looking at them. I'm looking at them. We're looking at them. It's all of us. Everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play, and God wants to use you. He wants to use me in those kinds of conversations. So we've talked a lot about Simeon. He's gotten most of the attention this morning. I apologize. Let's turn to Anna, all right? Luke tells us that Anna never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Now, I am not inviting you to move into the church, all right? Just so we're clear on that. Uh, But I do think that Anna is a wonderful example of what it looks like uh, when worship moves from a religious activity to a wholehearted lifestyle. Uh, If you've been around the vineyard any length of time, you know our main focus, uh, one of our highest priorities is that of worship 
And, and Romans chapter 12 is the, the, the key verse for that, the, the Paul's call to us to, to be living sacrifices as our reasonable response to God's amazing mercy and grace given to us. And so when I think of worship as a lifestyle, I'd like to keep it really simple. I've heard some amazing teaching on this passage through the years, Romans 12, from people like Don Williams, who was a, one of the, the wonderful theologians in the vineyard who actually helped to, to create our statement of faith, an amazing teacher. And I remember just tremendous teaching, rich and profound teaching. But as I, in a very simple way, try to figure out what does this really look like in my life? I've come down to think that it means simply this, to live every part of my life in a way that communicates to God and to everyone around me that Jesus is my king, that he is my king, that I live to honor him and his ways. And and whether it has to do with um, the way I worship the way I spend money, the way I take care of my body, the way um, I express sexuality, no matter what it is that I'm expressing, Jesus, you are my king, and I submit to your rule and to your reign. There are lots of ways that we can unpack this. I'm not going to do that this morning, but, but just to consider that, what does that look like? Anna was a beautiful example of, of that, of, of, of someone who it was a lifestyle for, of, of worshiping and praying and fasting. And, and God is inviting us into that, that richness of relationship that comes with that. And then pray, I, I see this in Anna and I love this, pray that our worship of God is also expressed as witness to others. Because God's comfort is for everyone. It's too often we have those in the church who's like, well, you know, we're just focused on worshiping God. And others like, well, no, we're just focused on evangelism. Guys, God doesn't want us to choose. They both go hand in hand. They're critical. They, they are, are hand in glove because we become people of God's presence as we worship God, as we welcome his manifest presence with the worship of our songs and our lives and everything that we're about And then the presence of God is in us, overflowing in us, and people see that. And the Holy Spirit prompts us to share God's stories, or there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that that occur, uh, where we, we speak to someone who needs to hear that word in that moment. God shows up, and he 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 just completely captures the hearts of people who need to know his love. God's comfort is for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's for every people group, for every lost and hurting soul, for every person who is trying to make sense out of this thing called life. Every one of us. Coming up to them at that moment, Anna gave thanks to God, and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. God is alive. He is redeeming lives. He is redeeming lives. He is redeeming situations with his love and with his power. He is still doing this today. He did it in 2023. And for that, we give him all glory and all honor. And he wants to do more of this in 2024. The question is, will we choose to partner with him in that? And I hope and I pray that Vineyard Church of Augusta, our answer is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us, equip us to be the people 
that you've called us to be, to do the things that you've called us to do out of our being, your people. They go hand in hand. It's not a one or the other. They go hand in hand. And God is inviting us into this. What will our answer be? What will our answer be? Let me invite you to stand this morning as the worship team comes. We're going to have an opportunity to respond this morning in worship. God is calling us to be righteous and devout that only he can bring about, but he is also reminding us that spiritual disciplines play an important role in this. He's calling us to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually filled because we, as one person put it, we leak as Christians. That's not very pretty, but it's true, right? And there is work that God wants to do in all of us as we wait. What are, you know, as you wait this morning, has it been that excruciating endurance rather than, okay, God, help me to now see and anticipate the good work that you want to do and help me to embrace it and to be attentive to that. I would also ask you this morning as a, as a, a people of uh, the vineyard, has our passion for worship waned? Personally, corporately? Is that something that that is just part of, of, of our service, or is it something that God is calling us into more deeply as a as a lifestyle? And I'm also thankful that as it does become more and more a lifestyle, that there is there is witness. There is witness that God wants to bring about in my life, in your life, in the life of our church. Uh, like we've never seen before. And I believe that with all my heart. And we pray for that. So Holy Spirit, come. We love you. We love the invitations that you offer to us. And we, we want to welcome you with our worship. We want to be people of your presence. We want to be people that hear your voice, that are guided by your voice, that are obedient to your voice. Come Holy Spirit, do your good work in us this morning. In Jesus' name.